Miss a show? Listen to podcasts from all your favorite ESPN Las Vegas shows at LVSportsNetwork.com. KWWN Las Vegas and KLAV Las Vegas. This is the remix. Well, the White Tiger came out today. Started off with Tyler Bischoff from ESPN Radio. Pull up your pants, take off the bra, and be a man! The Las Vegas Journal Review. Pete Carroll was not a big cover two man. Right. He wanted to play more aggressively on the perimeter with corners. But the same principles as far as fundamentals, technique, execution, there's, you know, those are non-negotiables in our system. Just being a little sarcastic and having a little fun here. Cocaine isn't cheap. I don't believe any of those statistics. I think it's all hogwash. Boom. Sadness. That's the one. Well, the White Tiger came out today. So Marcus Mariota is coming back, or at least that's the expectation, is that he will sign a new contract with the Raiders. He was under contract for this season to make more than $10 million. The Raiders uh, reportedly gave him an ultimatum of, hey, sign for a cheaper deal or we're just going to release you. And they weren't going to release him until all the other teams had signed quarterbacks, so he'd have nowhere to go. So Mariota is uh, agreeing to take a pay cut, and his contract is going to pay him $3.5 million. Incentives could drive that up to $8 million. So we talked yesterday about Mariota coming back and the Raiders spending that much money on a backup quarterback when they already have Peterman there. But I'm curious, now that he's back, do you think the Raiders will actually use Mariota this year? Like, will he be more than just a backup quarterback? Yeah. I'd like to know what the incentives are because they're going to keep it under that $8 million. So <laughs> if it's number of snaps or touchdowns and everything, poor Marcus might stay at 3.5. Um, I think they should look at it. I think Jason Fitz was right. I think you think the same thing. I, I, I think they look at it. I mean, you're paying him $3.5 million and last year, what did he get? Was he at 7 or 10 last year's 10? I mean, oh, you're yeah. really going to pay him this much over two years and only play him or only use him in any sense in, when your guy gets hurt? Like, I just, and I think they should try, hey, try it early on, try it preseason, whatever, but they should put some packages in. If the Saints can do it and other teams can do it, I don't know why. If you're paying him this much money, the hope is you believe in him enough to where he's not going to go out there, whether it's starting or just in these packages, and completely mess things up, right? I mean, yeah, I would think you should look at packages for the guy. Yeah, I think their goal should be to get more value out of him than a simple backup quarterback, because... The backup quarterback role has no value unless Derek Carr gets hurt. And that's not a great way to plan out your uh, salary cap spending is, hey, if our quarterback gets hurt, uh, we'll have a $3.5 million backup plan. So I think they need to find ways to get value out of him that's more than just being a backup. And if you look last year, the Raiders were one of the worst teams in the NFL on third or fourth and one, which is you know, kind of startling because they were the best team in the league at getting the third or fourth and one because they were one of the best first down teams in the NFL. They were like almost as good on third and six and longer as they were on third and one. That's how bad they were in short yardage situations. So if you're the Raiders, there is a need, there is a, a, a hole in the sense in terms of, hey, how do you pick up these short yardage scenarios? And then you throw right. in the red zone struggles as well. How do you score more touchdowns in the red zone and maybe Marcus Mariota is the answer to that. Maybe two or three times a game, 
Marcus Mariota's coming in off the sideline, and they've got a, you know a handful, 10, 12 plays yeah. that Marcus Mariota runs and that they, they think would be successful in short-yardage situation. Does that make a big enough difference over the course of the year? It depends on how successful that package would be, but I think it's it's worth exploring. And maybe you do it for three or four weeks and it's it doesn't work, and, and you say, okay, that was a failure, and you move on from it, but it's worth exploring in the offseason and trying out at some point during the year. Yeah, I don't. I think you're spot on. I mean, you can't. The you know the key in a lot of senses to get value out of each of your players, right? I mean, it's not always, hey, we paid him this, so he must do this. A lot of it's that though. Uh, if you're you know you're you're giving money to certain people at certain levels, so if you're gonna put this much stock in him, what would he thirteen over two years? I would think you try to find something that he can do for you that might be productive and. You know, I'm not saying, you know, Carr couldn't do it, but he has made mistakes in the red zone. And as Jason told us, Marcus has been very good in the red zone. I just don't know what the loss is here. You know, I mean, maybe it's not every game. Maybe you don't have situations every game where the package is called for. I don't know. But I can't believe you can't find some ways where you've paid this guy this much money to where you think he wouldn't be of a value. And by the way, if not, then why are you paying him this much money over two years? (laughs) Uh, Derek Carr is going to be mad because we're stealing his touchdowns away from him. Mm. put that on the front page (laughs) (laughs) now there is there is another layer to the Marcus Mariota restructure and that is he's now getting paid 3.5 million incentives are 8 million or could take him up to 8 million dollars so before Mariota was going to make about 10 million and incentives could take him up as high as 17 million and the reports were the teams were interested in trading for Marcus Mariota but teams were worried that he wasn't actually that cheap of a quarterback because right. his incentives would take him up to $17 million and they were a little worried, okay, we're, we're going to have to pay him $17 million if we make him the starter. Now that if he hits every single incentive, the max he's getting is $8 million, you think there's going to be a market to trade for him now? Uh, near the draft, maybe. That's another thing that we know things happen near the draft, and that's what uh, about – what a month away now. Um, so yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a smart point in terms of now, you know what the contract is. Look, I can't believe, and that's why I asked Paul Gutierrez this. I think they kind of did him wrong in the sense, like you said, they waited and I know why they did it. Uh, because obviously you want, you know, you, you want it to work out the way, you, you know, um, your organization would prefer, but I think they did him a little disservice in waiting. I think he might've been able to get another gig, uh, as a starter somewhere. So now that you've, now that you've secured the contract and people can look at the contract and know what it is, I, would I be shocked near the draft if they moved him? I guess I wouldn't be shocked because if I'm another team, I'm like, okay, I didn't want to pay him this much, but my gosh, only up to $8 million, that's not a bad deal, especially if you think he has any, any chance to start for you. That's a great deal. Right, and so I, I'd be curious to see because we saw you know, Washington got Ryan Fitzpatrick, the Patriots brought back uh, Cam Newton, um, and Chicago went and got Andy Dalton for some reason. Uh, I'd be curious if they view $8 million as, oh, yeah, we can bring in Mariota and have him compete with Andy Dalton because I feel like Marcus Mariota would win that battle, right? I do, too. If it's Mariota, I Andy Dalton, and and I guess throw Nick Foles in there, too. I, if Mariota's healthy, I, I think he's winning that competition there. So I, I'd be fascinated to see what teams would be interested. And then you also have, I mean, Listen, the NFL draft, this is supposed to be a great quarterback class, uh, but like, 
are there going to be teams that miss out that wanted one of the quarterbacks that tried to trade up and couldn't or something like that? Right. And they come back and say, all right, we couldn't trade up to get one of the quarterbacks. So let's go with Marcus Mariota this year. It's it. I don't know. I'd be fascinated to see exactly what uh, the trade market would be for Mariota, because this restructure could be good for the Raiders because it could net them an extra pick somewhere along sure. the line when, in sure. re- when they weren't going to get that beforehand and they might release him anyway. Yeah. Uh, I think you know there's a good chance uh, they'll do something with them, uh, and if they don't, let's let's say they don't, they don't move them for a pick or whatever, then find a package for them. I, I, I'd feel really if they, if you're going if they go eight and eight again or seven and nine or whatever, and he never sees the field unless Carr gets hurt, I think you've just wasted two years of money on a guy that I think could probably do something positive for you on the field. What do you think the Broncos would trade for Marcus Mariota? Uh, interesting. Um, who did I see in a mock draft? them taking the other day oh trey lance um a lot of mock drafts now they have them taking trey lance a lot of mock drafts amazingly i know there's some good players have the first four picks being quarterbacks which you know i know has happened in the past the first couple picks but um yeah you're well let's put it this way if you don't like who you have now and you need a bridge and let's say you take trey lance and like you look out there and say well who's a bridge who could do for a year or two and you get mariota that money wouldn't you have to think about it i mean if you don't think trey lance can come in and start right away if that's the guy you get or whoever zach wilson whoever they end up getting and marcus mariota with all his experiences eight million you know at the high at the high end i think that's a great point yeah i would i would definitely think about it now yeah. would the raiders do it within the division i guess it, i guess it would have to come back with what they're getting in return as right, of that- course they send along a two and a three with mariota back then <laughs> god forbid you make a deal and don't send a pick back Tyler. <laughs> Because that that would to me that would be the fascinating part. Like, what if the Broncos were the team offering the most? Like, what? Let's just hypothetically say you, you had a couple offers for Mariota, and it was some fourth round picks or a fifth round pick. But the Broncos came in and said, you know what? Here's a second round pick for Marcus Mariota. Like, it's significantly better than everybody else's. Would they take that and risk having Marcus Mariota play against them in the division? Because right. That would be like oh. even even if Derek Carr outplayed Mariota, it would be a brutal look to lose to the Broncos and Marcus Mariota after trading Marcus yes. Mariota to yes. the Broncos. It'd be a brutal look, even if Carr played well. It'd be a brutal look for that to happen. So I'd be fascinated if the Broncos <laughs> made the best offer of any team. Would they be willing to do it? Because here's you look at the quarterbacks in this division. There's good quarterbacks in this division, right? Obviously, you have Patrick sure, Mahomes, really good quarterbacks. <laughs> Herbert and Carr are, are should be good quarterbacks this next season too. The Broncos don't have one. Like the biggest advantage everybody in this division has over the Broncos is the quarterback position. And if you're the Raiders, do you want to help out a team you play twice by I don't know if you'd say solving, but giving them an upgrade at the quarterback position? I think even if the Broncos made the best offer, you might say no thanks. We don't want to face that guy twice. You guys have Drew Locke. We'd much rather face him. Oh, God. How much do I want to announce? Mariota for a fourth, and we're going to give you a fifth with him also. Like, <laughs> we don't have to, and we know you're an interdivision rival, but it always seems like we throw these picks in at the end. We might as well do it for you guys, too. I want to uh. see I want to see Mariota traded for a fourth-round pick. It gets reported that way, and then we have a follow-up report that says, wait, the Raiders have added on a seventh to send <laughs> back exactly. to Denver. For no they almost reason. forgot. Yes, they almost forgot, but they added on a seventh to send back to Denver. Well, I, let that, me ask you this. Let me ask you this. What's he worth then? Well, that, like, what, yeah. What, what I, pick do you get? I have no idea. What he, is he a fourth? Is he a fifth? I don't know what Marcus Mariota in the open market would get. I guess it would depend on the timing of it. Like, if it was post-draft and the Broncos did not land a quarterback and they wanted right. to move on, 
then you might have some more leverage over a team like that. If it's before the draft and teams are maybe in a position to pick a quarterback or think they can trade up, they're probably not going to offer too much for Mariota. So it might be the timing of it. At the end of the day, Mariota, max $8 million contract. Uh, Is that a third-round pick? It's probably like a fourth would be my guess. Probably uh, fourth. If you're getting for Mariota. So like that's that's sort of the level that I think you're looking at, which – isn't a whole lot. It sort of gives you another lottery ticket because, you know, third, fourth, fifth rounds are more lottery tickets than anything else. Um, but that that might be the the value there. Now, again, using the Broncos as the example, if they try to trade up for a quarterback, they don't get one, they want to move on from Drew Locke, maybe they're willing to offer more. Maybe they're willing to give up more than a fourth. Maybe they are willing to give up a second to get Mariota because they're desperate to get a better wow. quarterback in than Drew Locke. I mean, if you get a second, you move him immediately. I think you move him right oh, yeah. away if you get a second. Absolutely. Absolutely. Did you see, uh, before we break for Sam and Ash, did you see another high-character uh, signing? Come on. Come on. Oh, Darius Phillips. Uh, only high-character guys. Uh, he was uh, released by the Cardinals in August of 2019 after being arrested for assault with a deadly weapon. Ah. Um, I do know Jerry McDonald tweeted out that the uh, case was dismissed. Uh, so he's back. The Raiders signed him. He had nine and a half sacks in four seasons with the Chargers, but he hasn't played since that arrest when he was, uh, he never played for the Cardinals, uh, but he hasn't played since then. So I guess if you're confident the case was dismissed for a good reason, you're not too worried about it. But if not, that's uh, hard to justify that signing. Sam and Ash is next. (laughs) We'll ask Sam and Ash about it. Call Sam at Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit their website, samandashlaw.com. Sam and Ash, because you deserve what's right. That's right, samandashlaw.com. Follow them on Twitter. Great follows at samandashlaw. 702-820-1234 is the man told you. We're joined each week here by Sam and Ash. But this week, it's just Sam. Who in the world told Ashley she could go to work? What happened uh, there? Right, right. I know. I had to. Um, I had to crack the whip here. You know, somebody's got to do it. So, so you have Jeez. me. You have me, uh, and definitely the more entertaining half yes. of this duo is yes. is um, is working the salt mine. Well, well, I'm sure she's got Rocky with her making some kind of deal. Listen, um, the first thing we want to talk about. This is interesting. We talked about it a little earlier, so we want to get your thoughts. I'm sure you've read about Deshaun Watson, the Texans quarterback, for now. Uh, there have now been 14 allegations against him uh, in terms of him being a serial predator, uh, um, saying he was sexually uh, harassed women from California to the Houston area. Tyler and I were talking earlier because, you know, it, it started supposedly according to the attorney for the women with one. He tried to, uh, she, the, excuse me, Watson's attorney saying, no, one tried to extort 300000 Now all of these keep building. If you're on Watson's side, is it literally about investigating and sending someone to investigate every one of these claims? When it gets to a number like 14, like what's the first response other than that they've denied it that you have to do to try to defend this? Are you So you're asking if there's like a critical mass of, of allegations I mean, that you reach a level and then you just you – have, you have to tackle it head on. Well, so right. regardless – by the way, regardless if it's one or if it's 20 – you, you do have to – if, and if you are – if you've got a client that says, I did not do – well, let's say he's saying he did not do this and it didn't happen, right? These are all allegations. Uh, yeah, you'd have to go through and, and, and investigate it. And I don't want to say you know, go out and discredit the, you know, the, the, the complainants, but you do have to 
you have to you have to go at their credibility and determine whether or not these are these allegations can can be undermined in any way. Um, I I think the other question really to ask yourself is you know uh, allegedly this guy is going out finding uh, masseuses on Instagram. So my question is, you know, do, do, is that where people go? Is that where the hip kids go these days to find masseuses? Or is that, is that in and of itself kind of a sign that there might be some, some truth to this, right? You're, you're not going to an agency. You're not going, ah, you're not going to a, you know, a site that has professional massage therapists. And you're going to Instagram to, to, to see how, you know, I, I would assume to look at their pictures and, to right. pick masseuses based on what they look like. It does – I think it – I don't know. My, my answer to that is it, it seems – that's the part of this that seems the most predatorial to me. And, 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 and again, I, I, I'm not saying that that makes him guilty or lends any credence to these allegations. Uh, but I do, I do think it's starting to stink a little bit more than it did a week ago. Yeah, I don't know exactly what the Houston Texans training staff is, but I'd be under the impression they would have somebody that could give massages on staff to their players. Yeah, a big burly guy is going to come over yes. and <laughs> just and and work out everything. This is, but this, you know, this is. Um, I mean, Tyler, you wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't go and would you? Yeah, massage therapist, find her on Instagram or him? No, I don't know. I'd go to spot one of the casinos here. That's right. And if yeah. we were, pro, and you're right, and if we were both pro athletes, we'd have a, we'd have this whole, you know, this would all be provided and 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 set up in a. So look, I, I don't know. I, I think this is starting to smell. I is I'm this, curious your thoughts okay. on on like how public this is because the attorney that's representing the women, he's like every day it seems like he's on Instagram or Facebook, like talking about it or responding to things. Like I'm curious your thoughts on how public everything is when we don't even we haven't even like gone to court or anything oh well yes this publicity goes hand in hand with with fighting these you know fighting these cases in court so you know a court of public opinion versus the court of law and obviously this is designed to put maximum pressure on on the uh the accused to uh to to pony up some cash and make it go away and shut these ladies up i mean i mean the the, the thing these cases this right now is being postured or set up for settlement, and that's what everybody needs to understand. The, the, this, the reason they're going public is they're – and they're going public in a drip, drip, drip kind of way, right? There's was one person, then two, then five. Uh, I, I think you know, I think it's, you know, it's, it's set up to, to, to force you – know, uh, again, to force them to, to come to the table and, and give money. And, and part of that settlement, right, is a, is a – Non-disclosure agreement. So you know you get you, you pay basically money to settle the case, and also get get these um, these these alleged victims to not talk about it publicly. You and and there's so many now. There's 14, and maybe you're more coming. And for a lack of better term, and I don't know if this even fits in terms of class action, where there's so many you know so many pe- people um, want are getting something back from it. Is that when you come with 14? Let's say it stops at 14. Is the settlement all the same? Or is it 14 different settlements? Like, how, how would that usually happen when you have this many people saying this happened and they're going to him in a civil action? Yeah, so just by the way, this is class actions. You really need a much higher numerosity or a number okay. of people than 14. You have to be a prolific sexual predator to get uh, get thrown a class action on something like this. <laughs> Cosby. Um, 
<laughs> well, no, e- even more than that. And, and also remember, every one of their claims is a little bit different. So mm-hmm. class actions work for something like this, this alkaline water maybe that's in right. the news where, right. where you know, it's the same thing that they drank the same bad water and created a – so just people understand that we, we, we talk a lot about class actions. You really have to have the same claim, and it works usually in you know, product cases and things like that. But so, so if, if – you know, no, I mean they, they can – they can, but they can band together in one suit, and I think they've all got one lawyer, so that's what they would do. They would, they would join together collectively as defendants against, um, against this guy. And I, you know, would they? Would it? Uh, you know, does that does that help uh, strategically? Yeah, it can because it conserves resources. And then also imagine, Ed, you're the guy who loves being on juries, right? You're our favorite. Oh, I love it, love it. <laughs> jury foreman. Yes, love right. it. How, twice. how many times? How many? Twice? Oh my god! Two for two. Two for two. Yeah, you really should. A, you should consider a career change. So, anyway, so, I, <laughs> but I, I, no, but I, but but you tell me. Well, how does that? How does that look? Right? If you've if you've got one person coming to court and presenting her claim versus having fourteen. Yeah. I mean, aren't you? If you're sitting on that jury, don't you feel like that 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 it sounds more credible? To you, I mean, well, when you've got, and, yeah, there's fourteen. That's what Tyler said. Tyler said earlier in the show, one's one thing. It's now fourteen, so it's either something happened and we don't know, or somehow this attorney's convinced of fourteen women and different things. And I, I, the higher the number gets, the more plausible some of this seems. But I will tell you this: after receiving a check from a class action on my gym for three dollars and forty-two cents, <laughs> I am not, I am not into class action suits, Sam. Sammy, when I opened that envelope up and I looked at that number, I'm like, did they forget a few zeros here? Because I just got a check for three dollars and forty-two cents on my class action. But if you had, but see, if you had tried to reuse the stamp from the envelope, yes, exactly. Then you could have like added thirty percent of value yes. to your settlement uh, claim. Uh, so you missed is- you missed an opportunity there. You should have steamed it, steamed the stamp right off. Oh. Did you did you even deposit that, or did you just keep it as a keepsake for? Hey, I made three dollars and forty cents. Have you met my wife? It was in the bank by noon. Yeah, yeah your mind. <laughs> but on. you know what I guy? But you know this is I love like for clients. We're always ordering medical records, and this morning I walk into my office, and and I have a check on my desk to sign for medical records for a client for sixty cents, and I look at wow. this and I go, Why are you even bothering me with this bill? It literally cost me. It cost me fifty one cents to mail it. Why don't I just drive by your office, throw a dime at you, and call this good? That's absolutely awesome. Sixty cents. Yeah, that's 60 not even cents. Rocky's food for a day. Um, oh, that I want to ask you. You know, me. yeah, for sure. We just had the March Madness here, and look, people descended upon the town, and the pools are open, and you see these huge crowds. Um, I want to ask you because this is happening now. You know, when the crowds come back, and, and you know, as COVID continues, though. Can you give uh, a little um, kind of advice to those listening on how to stay safe amongst crowds, minis- you know, minimize your unnecessary injury? But what happens if you are injured and, or someone else is injured with you on the crowd in a stripper or in a hotel? Like, what's the first action to take? Well, I mean, I think it's I think you're <laughs> with these with these crowds, you're going to see more people getting hurt um, from contact than you probably right. are going to see from from exposure to COVID. So I think sometimes we focus on one thing, which is COVID, 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 right? Where it's been kind of in the news lately, and we're we're concerned about it with crowd sizes. But I also think right now that we've forgotten how to behave around other people. We've all been locked up in our houses, and 
people are turds. They're just they've been they've been home and angry and pounding away on 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 Facebook and, and and getting angry. So now they're going out and they're they're letting off steam. And I you know we're seeing a number of stories of of, of fights. Of, there was a guy a few weeks ago that yeah, I remember on the strip who was punched and died. So you know keep a lookout. Keep your distance from people. If you see somebody that looks like they're not well in the head or they're intoxicated or they're high, get away from them. Like, move. Don't, 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 you know, don't put yourself in harm's way. And then also have fun, drink, but don't drink to excess because you, you know, you, you've got you've to have a certain presence of mind when you're here in Vegas. And I hate to say that, but um, you definitely need to, need to watch out. So I just think those are, those are some good rules of thumb right now. I wanted to ask you about a, a story where Nevada is going to get 2.2 million in a pelvic mesh settlement because uh, <laughs> Boston Scientific Corporation is having to pay, I think, every state in the country or 47 of the states in the country uh, over some uh, complications that they've had with surg- surgical pelvic mesh. Uh, my question, though, is why does that say Nevada is receiving 2.2 million and not the women that you that had the surgical mesh? We, ha- you guys had to pick the story on the day Ashley's not here. Um, so, so basically, again, the, there were there were settlements for the victims, but these are settlements that, that there was a lawsuit on behalf of the victims and on behalf of the state of Nevada by our attorney general, and um, and that's so. This is the settlement of that suit. Um, and by the way, we were talking about the uh, the. Um, we're talking about you know these um, these cases before. We're, we're talking about the um, class actions. The, this was mm-hmm. a large class action, uh, but the yeah. So it got us. It we basically came in as the state on behalf of the state on behalf of our consumer protection division, and Aaron Ford, who's our attorney general, um, got a piece of the pie. You know, not a not a big piece. The whole settlement was 188 million, and we got 2.2. Wow. So I, you know, that we lost that arm wrestle, Um, (laughs) but um, but this is this is no laughing matter for women that have had this um, this this um, device implanted. It's caused a lot of a lot of um, health complications. So this has been an ongoing mess, and the company that did this is 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 making right and paying money. So there was a a separate settlement for the actual people that got it beyond the states getting money too. Yeah, that's my understanding. Okay. Well, that was a great one. Follow them on Twitter at SalmonAshLaw, <laughs> SalmonAshLaw.com, 702-820-1234, because you deserve what's right. We know you're running over to Mr. Baker. Start with the mesh story with Baker. I'd like to know his response. Y'all tell him you said that, Ed. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Sam. Say hi to Ash. See get her off, to, get you, her off working. Come on. Will See do. Soon. See you, guys. Take care. See you. You too. SalmonAshLaw.com on Twitter. Yeah. Well, the, I, I still go back, and you made the point to begin with, I still go back to with Deshaun Watson, and both of us will admit we know nothing. One's one thing, fourteen. Now you start to ask some questions, like, "Wait, that, that's a lot." That was all. That was the exact. I mean, I brought it up jokingly, but that was kind of the argument with Bill Cosby. Was like when it was one or two or three, people would go, "Oh, that's just somebody looking for money." When it got to thirty-one, and then it got to forty, yeah. and then it's yeah. like, it's like, oh, this dude's a serial predator. Yeah. What happened to America's dad? At three, he was still America's dad. At 40, he's like, yeah, he's not my dad anymore. <laughs> like, because Deshaun Watson's lawyer, even his defense of what he said publicly anyways, is that one of these women 
was trying to get money from him and blackmail him. Right. That's one. Like, there's more than one problem here. Like, there's more than one woman bringing a case against Deshaun Watson. So, like, even if that was true, even if what Deshaun Watson's lawyer said is true, that one woman was trying to get, uh, uh, extort him for money over a consensual uh, agreement, you still have 15 other cases right now that of women saying the same type of thing happened. Right. So, yeah, we'll see what happens with Deshaun Watson. But, uh doesn't look like Deshaun Watson's going to get out of this uh, plea, we should say. So, no. coming up next, it's Bischoff's briefs. I'm very mad at the NHL. I'm going to yell at the NHL today. Bischoff's briefs. Dude, I'm not going to cave in. End of story, dude. Bischoff's briefs. Dude, 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 dude. Bischoff's briefs. Dude. Bischoff's Briefs. I guess you've got a point there. All right, I am angry at the NHL today because the NHL's scheduling is absurd. We know how ridiculous it is the Golden Knights are trying to play a game every other day or every day sometimes. They're trying to squeeze in as many as possible before starting the playoffs. And the NHL has had to go and reshuffle regular season games multiple times to help accommodate for postponed games. I imagine the task is incredibly difficult. But we're sitting here on a Wednesday, and it is the second straight day that the Golden Knights do not have a game. And the reason I am mad at the NHL, because do you know what we got over the weekend? We got the first four days of the NCAA tournament. But on three of those four days... The Golden Knights played a game, and then two days after the first weekend was over, the Golden Knights are off two days in a row. What in the hell is that? Why are the Golden Knights playing specifically on days that the NCAA tournament is going on? That is ridiculous. Not a soul wanted to sit and watch the Golden Knights play any of those games. They would all have rather been watching the NCAA tournament, including the players on the ice. Even they wanted to go home and watch the NCAA tournament. And here's the thing. I get it. You're trying to squeeze in as many games. If they had played one of those four days, right, even twice. But they played three of the four days of the opening weekend and then immediately got two days off when there is no NCAA tournament going on. That is ridiculous. And guess what? If you look into the future, the same night as the Final Four, oh, the Golden Knights play. The same night as the National Championship game, oh, the Golden Knights play. Ridiculous. Who is making these schedules? Why is there so much damn hockey when we're all going to be watching the NCAA tournament? So here's what we need. The NHL and the NBA as well, because they're playing games too, need to start treating the first weekend of the NCAA tournament like the Super Bowl. You can't play games while it's going on. You're not allowed to play games while the first weekend of the NCAA tournament is going on. You're just, you're not allowed to, right? I don't care if your whole league goes on a four-day break, you don't get to play. Because I don't want to be watching hockey when I should be watching Arkansas and Colgate instead. That is way more important. So here's what you do. Either you just take four days off as a league and you say, all right, we're not going to play on the first weekend, that's fine. Or here's your solution on the East Coast. Your games start at 9 a.m. Eastern time. That way, they're done by noon Eastern when the NCAA tournament starts. And on the West Coast, your games start at 9 p.m. Pacific time. That way, when the tournament ends, oh, now you can play hockey. So you're either playing super early or super late, 
but that is a new rule that needs to be put in place because I don't want to have to pay attention to anything other than the NCAA tournament on the first four days of the NCAA tournament. Well, I know where I'll be watching on Final Four and on the Monday Night National Championship, so don't have any grades about hockey the day after that, because <laughs> um, I'm just giving everyone an F minus, check, whatever. Um, I I wonder, like, okay, the Super Bowl is one thing I get. Like, is it, I don't know if it's arrogance. I don't know if they don't even think in those terms when they're making up their schedules. Um, I mean, I wouldn't put arrogance past either of those leagues, but I'd love to know, uh, and I don't know if they look at it this closely, I'd love to know, the ratings on those other two sports when the tournament's going on, right? Like, do they ever look at it and say, boy, like, nobody's watching. Let's let's stay off those dates. Or do they care over the course of a, you know, a normal 80-something game season? Do they really care about the ratings on those specific days? I'm not sure. I mean, I'm totally with you. I think you're right that they shouldn't play on them. I just would love to know the reason behind it. Do they just not care? I mean, maybe it's just that. Maybe like, ah, you know, that's college basketball, and the people who are diehards for our sport, they're going to watch us. Yeah, I think there's a level of, hey, we're bigger than college basketball, whereas with, like, yeah. the Super Bowl, they understand they're not bigger than the Super Bowl. Right. But in reality, I mean, the first four days of the NCAA tournament, outside of the Super Bowl, is that the biggest, like, weekend of events? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, we know it is in this town. I mean, there's no yeah. question about that. I mean, so, um, like, it's yeah. it's it's not Super Bowl level, but if we're, if we're putting things in groups here or in a list here... It's pretty high on the list of important events, even if nobody's watched Colgate play a single game the entire season. Like me, I, that's all I want to pay attention to uh, on that first weekend. So mm. I would love to see it. And here's the thing. I would give the, the NHL and NBA, they can get a break this season because they're playing shortened seasons. They're, they're trying to squeeze everything in. That's fine. But in the future, we don't need any of these games. We do not need a single one of these games to happen during that first four days. Like, just give them all four days off. All the, the players want more days off. Just give them four extra days off. We won't even notice if you push the playoffs back four days. We won't even care. Because you know what? We got four days of uninterrupted college basketball, and that's all that matters. Well, I'll tell you this. Um, if it happens like this on the Final Four in the National Championship with the Golden Knights, and I do, I, I know they're playing because I looked at their schedule, I can watch basketball and refresh Twitter, and I'll know about every passing shot. So we're going to be able to keep up with anything that happens in the Golden Knights game in that. So I'm, I'm excited about that. What if, What about oh. puck drop? Will you know when the puck is dropped? I will know when the puck is More importantly, I'll know the uniform colors, because I need to know that going in. If, oh. if, 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 if they're mixing red wings. with gold helmets, if they're mixing red with gold helmets, I'm not going to be happy. Jared, you, you have reminded me of something else I'm very mad at. Why does every member that covers the every member of the media that covers the Golden Knights feel the need to tweet out that the second period has started? In case you're watching basketball. But what? No. <laughs> who in this Anybody? fan base? Who in this fan base is not watching the Golden right. Knights when the Golden That's Knights the are thing. on? If you All care of your enough, followers are watching the damn game. If you care enough about the Golden Knights to watch, like to follow the like second string beat writer for a fan blog you are literally watching the game well i need the updates when i'm watching season two of lost i need to know what's happening so. i thought that was for i'm, I'm, I'm good only. with i'm good with the second period starting at least in my mind i'm like i should follow twitter and see if they score or not 
Two of Lost. <laughs> a show yes. that I believe went off the air in 2006. <laughs> yes, I had yes. never, I had never watched it though. My son said it was one of the five, top five shows of all time. So he and I are now uh, bonding over Lost, and I think it's absolutely fabulous. I had never seen one episode of it. Wait, had he, he had seen it all before? He said he, my daughter, watched every episode. Like he's, he has rewatched it two or three times. Says it's one of the best shows he's ever seen. As Jared yes. said, this show went off the air a long time ago. How old are your no, kids? I mean, How, why are they well, watching Lost? He's 23, <laughs> so what would 26, 2000... No, I don't think it went off in 2006. I think it was a little later than that. Because he was watching it in his teenage now years. Now for a he's segment called now. Jared Googles live on the air. <laughs> when did Lost go off the air? 2010. It went uh, off oh, the air in 2010. All right, come on. Yeah. He was, yeah, he was like 12 at that point. I think that was, you know... <laughs> yeah. uh, Is it... Is it Lost super confusing? Did he understand what was happening when he was 10, 11, and 12? Well, maybe that's why he's rewatched it three times. As he, as he got old, he said, man, I got to rewatch it because I don't remember. I don't know what the hell they're talking about there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, he's more excited than me. Like, I'm, I'm texting him last night. He's coming home. He's like, all right, I'm coming home. We got lost. I'm like, all right. Like, so. Well, that could lead to, that could lead to some sitcom-level shenanigans if he texts you, I got lost. <laughs> But uh, you're still not allowed to watch the rest of it until the baseball season starts? Are you still imposing that on yourself? The rest of Lost? Yeah, yeah. you told us you were saving it for the baseball season so you can avoid watching the Dodgers. Oh, I'm, no, I'm figuring, like, we don't watch it that much, but I figure I watched so few baseball games, I'll still have, like, five or six seasons to get through. So, yeah, I mean, I think they went seven seasons on Lost, so given how many Dodger games I won't watch starting next Thursday at Colorado... Uh, I'll probably be able to get through one a week. It might last me most of the season. Yeah. I didn't think of it that way. Yeah. Very important. All right. (laughs) Coming up next, baseball's full of cheaters, including Trevor Bauer. I get Corona. At the end of the day, I'm not going to let it stop me from partying. You know, I've been waiting. We've been waiting for Miami spring break for a while. About two months we've had this trip planned. Two, three months. We're just having a good time. Whatever happens, happens. All right, we've got tickets to the Henderson Silver Knights game on the 26th. That is Friday. The Henderson Silver Knights will play. Fans are allowed in the Orleans Arena, and we have a pair of tickets to give away, plus $25 uh, gift card to Fuddruckers. So two tickets to see the Henderson Silver Knights on Friday and a $25 gift card to Fuddruckers. We will take caller number five right now, 702-364-1100, 364-1100. Caller number five will win two tickets to watch the Silver Knights play on Friday, plus a $25 gift card to Fuddruckers. Again, 702-364-1100 is the phone number. So, wow. is, is there any better deal than a little chicken sandwich and the town crier? Little chicken sandwich and yeah. town crier. Town cri- it can't beat that. Better than the town crier? You get to see the <laughs> well, town no. crier. That is a good point. You get to see the no, town crier. town crier is the best. You get to be startled by the town crier yes, running down, exactly. blowing his trumpet, and yelling out somebody <laughs> scored a goal. And you're just looking around like, what happened? What happened? Where did that guy come? Did you see where last week? Where the... out during the game? By the way, does he I... does he do other things? Like I haven't been to a silver. Well, I haven't game, been to a he... game, but did you see last week where his microphone was off and he was screaming and they couldn't yes, hear the thing did. he said? Yeah. Oh. I, I, but I like to imagine they like keep him in a closet or something, <laughs> and when they score, they let him out. And he runs down and does that. I assume he does other things during the game. But that's, I'm hoping not. I'm hoping he's got one job, and that's to go yell or oh. play the trumpet and then yell who scored the goal 
and you're good to go. So, if, you am go. I Chance. making an am I making an assumption that Kevin Kruger will wind that thing at the game and try to outdo Osleberger and, uh, and oh, that's a good. Who would question. win? Who would win? You know, he's a Division One athlete. This guy. Yeah, Kevin Kruger. He's so who. So if we look at oh. UNLV coaches that have spun the siren before a Golden Knights yes. game, we've seen two. TJ Otzelberger and Marcus Arroyo. And both of them were like, looked like they were insane when they did. Yes. Looked like yes. you never would want to see that person ever no. again in your life when they did it. I don't get the impression Kevin Kruger would be that insane trying to do it. No, I think you're right. I think he'd be a little more mellow. I mean, he, you yeah. know, he ranked it up. Unless they told him going in, unless they sat him down and showed him replays of the other two and said, this is what we expect you to look like. Well, and if you do, yeah. we're going to give you an incentive of $50. We're going to add that on to your contract. So, uh, if you look like a complete lunatic, we're going to add $50 in those incentives we gave you. An incentive of 50 bucks, yeah. <laughs> to look like I, a crazy person. Yeah, I, I look forward to Kevin Kruger doing it. Because Kevin Kruger's got to do it, right? I mean, why, how, yes, how he's got it? to. I mean, you let Arroyo yeah. and Otzelberger do it. I guess the question would be, when? Like, do you do, you do well, it? Well, are they doing that now with fans? Uh, I would think so. I think they were doing it without the fans, weren't they? <laughs> I think they were, but the only one doing it was Chance. Right. It, it was. It was complete. They were doing everything they normally do with fans when there weren't fans there. So I assume now that there's some fans, you're going to go all in on it. So, but do you do it uh, now, or do you do you wait till next season and kind of kind of uh, hope that there's more fans in the well, building and it's better exposure for Kevin? Uh, it depends on when you're waiting, brother. If he doesn't get a good roster, I don't know if you bring him out. <laughs> come on now come on now well the game starts in september so that's arroyo's season so yeah bring him out in september when everyone's there arroyo's season yeah, yeah. well yeah don't wait until the season starts it'll be like all right head coach of the three and montana state bobcats yeah <laughs> kevin Kruger is here to spin it so uh congratulations to matt by the way matt won the tickets to go watch the silver knights play on friday Plus the $25 gift card to Fuddruckers. So Matt will be heading out to watch the Silver Knights on Friday. Thanks to the Silver Knights and Fuddruckers for helping us give something away. That's When's the last time we gave something away? You actually gave – no, you gave me a present last week with a, a, a T-shirt. That's the last gift I did. I, I, gave you, I gave you a press box T-shirt, but I mean like the listeners, Ed, not you. I know we're selfish oh. on this show, but when's uh, the last time we well, gave a uh, listener on a side something? On a side note, uh, I, that someone saw that T-shirt at the gym, and I now need 10 more, please. Anyway, um, <laughs> I don't <laughs> – like, hey, that show. Um, I don't know. I, I'm from, Well, Jared would know because he's, he's, the, he's the one I who mean, has to answer the calls. I mean – our callers almost never win any of the like giveaways that I remember. I I mean I when did we give away that Malcolm Subban jersey? That was a long oh, time ago. Like technically, was that technically correct, correct? Still, yeah. you did yeah. exist. Yeah. Yeah. Plan I never plan I never had jerseys. The problem the problem is is that we give away tickets and nobody's been allowed to go to a game for a year. That's true. So, That's true. Oh, yeah, There's no tickets to give away. I'm pretty sure at some point during the summer we tried to give away Monster Jam tickets, and it was like they that they're not going to be able to go. But okay, <laughs> yeah, yes. But Ed, Ed, don't feel bad about the jersey because the jersey it was Jared's jersey that we gave away. Oh, that makes a difference. I thought they yeah. handed you. I thought I thought the BGK sent one over. No, no, Jared. I don't know what Jared did. He bought a jersey that was too small or something. I don't. I, I don't bought know what two Malcolm Subban jerseys, and one of them was too small for the person that I gave it to. And I was like, okay, 
Well, we'll give it away. Wow. Well, he, um, I mean, actually, that's not true. The other one that he tried on fit just right, and I said, okay, well, this is smaller, so, you know, we'll give it away. Uh, but and then immediately know, he got traded. Yeah, if you wanted to know if Jared makes good decisions in life or not, he bought two Malcolm Subban jerseys for one wow. person, and that guy got uh, traded shortly afterwards. Uh, so if you need a here, Golden Knight traded, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> Pop, Pops Ramirez makes a good point. Why don't you have Lindy LaRocca do the siren? Yeah, she has one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Lindy she won stuff. So she, yeah. she won We some. can compare Lindy LaRock and Kevin Kruger. I got I got money on Lindy LaRock doing the better siren turn than Kevin uh, Kruger. LaRock's the favorite at the books. 